Welcome to the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Martha. And our mission is to connect the past and the present Nikki Mom by celebrating our stories and what our babies have overcome. Whether your NICU journey was 50 years ago or whether you find yourself in the NICU today, we hope that this podcast reminds you that you are not alone. All right, welcome to episode five of the Dear Nikki Mama podcast. We are so excited for today's episode. And if you tuned into last week's episode, you heard us mention that I had a cold, and so we had to reschedule. And I'm so grateful that we did because um, we just know that this episode is going to be really uh, life-giving for all of you listening. So today we have the honor of, oh, Martha, do you want to say hi? Sorry. Hi, it's Martha. I am here too. <laughs> Keep going, Ashley. She right. might have some sound effects again like last time. <laughs> <laughs> but today we have the incredible honor of having Miss Christy sharing with us today. And her daughter, Ava, is actually in the NICU as we speak. And so we have the opportunity to really get an inside um sneak peek or inside scoop of what it's been like for Christy to have a baby in the NICU and also um, how this journey to motherhood has been different than her other babies. So Christy, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Thank you guys, first of all, for having me. I'm excited to be here. So thank you very much and for all you're doing for all of us NICU mamas. You're amazing. <laughs> So I, my name is Christy, and I'm a mom to four kids. We have three kids at home, and then our youngest, of course, is in the NICU. So this journey for us has obviously been very different than our three prior children. Um, so it's just shaped our minds and our ways of looking at parenthood in a total different light. Yeah, yeah. So how old are your other kids? And could you talk a little bit about what pregnancy was like with them? Yeah, so I'm one of those maybe weird people I don't know. I absolutely love being pregnant. So I have always had very good pregnancies um, with my first three children. I I was the one who like ate anything I wanted. I never <laughs> worried about that. Um, but I absolutely enjoyed. I had really great pregnancies. I actually with my first three never had morning sickness. Wow. So I was very lucky on that aspect. Um, always felt very good. Um, so. Uh, my oldest one right now, Liam, just turned five in August, mm-hmm. and so we did have um, a miscarriage before him. Oh, I'm so, so then, sorry. oh, thank you. And so for him, it took us a little longer to conceive. So we had him; he was just amazing, of course. So he just turned five, and then um, all of our kids are eighteen months apart. So then we oh, wound up. I know. God bless you. <laughs> um, so we have Milo; he is three and a half right now. So our oldest two are boys, wild, obnoxious, crazy boys. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't. I'm glad we couldn't. We couldn't have handled another boy in our house. <laughs> uh, so then we have our daughter Hattie, who she will be two here in October. So they have all been, of course, big blessings to us as well. Um, but you know, it's been a different experience this time. Um, all of our other babies, like I said, I love being pregnant. Very healthy pregnancies, full term. Mm-hmm. Our first, I was uh, 40 weeks and five days, oh. and I went into oh. labor. Yeah, baby didn't want to come, so we had yeah. an emergency C-section with him. Mm-hmm. And then our second, I was uh, 40 weeks exactly, and we had a scheduled C-section. I never went into natural labor. We thought we'd try VBAC. That just was not in our plan. Mm-hmm. And then our third, um, I thought maybe I'd try VBAC again, but baby did not want to come out either. Mm-hmm. So then she was a scheduled C-section at 39 weeks. Yeah. So um, all of our babies... You know, uh, I've never tried fully a natural labor. Um, so sometimes, you know, you feel like, oh, would have, how would have that been? You know, what would that been like? But I've also had a great experience with all my C-sections too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also want to say C-sections are natural in a different way. I mean, the pain that very comes from it. Very different way. Yes. <laughs> very, um, 
It's real. <laughs> so it's true. gross. But it, but it's it's good. It's just yeah. Anyway, could you go talk a little bit now then about how Ava's different? How Ava's pregnancy was maybe different? Sure. And what were your first indications that it may have gone a little bit differently? Yeah. So pretty early on, we had found out I was pregnant. It would have been in Christmas of last year. Um, and of course, we were like, okay, here we go again. We thought we were going to wait a little longer, but that just wasn't the plan, which is totally <laughs> fine. We're used to chaos at our house. Um, and then a week after I found out I was pregnant, I did start bleeding or I started spotting. So of course, you know, that just seems so unnatural and against everything that you are always told when you're pregnant. So we wound up um, going into the ER that day just to see, you know, what's going on. And I, at that time, discovered I had a subchorionic hemorrhage mm-hmm. um, with my pregnancy. Hashtag subchorionic hemorrhage. You yeah. guys both have? Yeah. 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 Can we what? go three-way high five? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. It's like the most glamorous thing we could all have. Yes. Right? Look at that. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. It's good to laugh in retrospect, right? It's yes. It's very scary well, agreed. at the time. I agreed. had no other friends in my pregnancy that had had a subchorionic hemorrhage, so anytime I connect with another mom that has, I'm like, I had one too. <laughs> I, I so agree. Before this, like, I had never even heard of that. Ever. Right. And you had three, three pregnancies. Babies. And, that's, yes. and they're all so different. Four pregnancies. So different. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So that was, you know, your first indication. Of course, that was scary. We got sent home that ER, that day from the ER, knowing that. But then your OB doesn't want to still see you for, you know, another yes. six weeks. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do these mm-hmm, next six mm-hmm. weeks as I kept bleeding? And you just want to know, is baby okay? Yes. How things are doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, you know, very nerve-wracking time, of course. Mm-hmm. And then we got to that 12-week appointment when your OB will see you for the first time. Mm-hmm. And you go through those motions. But, you know, so from the very start, this pregnancy was extremely different than my other three pregnancies by far you know mm-hmm. um that's a stress on you mm-hmm. you know mentally emotionally it's just physically exhausting you're always thinking about it and worried mm-hmm. my other pregnancies I think you always still think you want your baby to be okay you know is it move is baby moving enough am I feeling things I should um but other than that my pregnancies were always so good and healthy so I yeah. you know once you have um, maybe a pregnancy that is is has a little bit more issues, if you want to say, or with me, like you take those healthy pregnancies for granted. Mm-hmm. You know, in those mm-hmm. moments, you're enjoying everything, and then you get to where you're having some troubles, and you're like, oh my gosh, like things can go so differently very quickly, mm-hmm. and every pregnancy is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. Do you feel like since ha- like since you've had more of like a high risk pregnancy, do you feel like you? Um, just have like a new compassion for moms that have, I mean, just because you've experienced it yourself, do you feel like it's given you a new perspective on pregnancy and high-risk pregnancy or? Totally, I would agree. Um, you know, I feel like high-risk was a word I never thought of before because mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, my pregnancy were very smooth. You know, we had the regular, our appointments were really quick because there was just, everything was good. Mm-hmm. So I think it gives you a whole new perspective. Like you mm-hmm. think you understand what that means mm-hmm. when someone says high-risk or they're going through that, but until you really do go through that you know puts a whole new spin on everything and you really just it makes you feel the emotions that others have to go through when they may not enjoy their pregnancy because of all the other stress that they're going through Mm -hmm. at those times yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. so what was the first sign of premature labor for you what did that look like and I'm sorry I'm not as familiar with your story as I know no, that's is. okay so for me it was really just my subchronic hemorrhage so I bled very profusely mine did not stop mm-hmm. so we were in 
often for heartbeat checks, you know, rather than every four weeks, we would go in every couple of weeks or I would be calling hysterically like, mm-hmm. I'm bleeding really bad. Can someone, can I just come in and do a heartbeat check? And they were always wonderful mm-hmm. about that, which mm-hmm. was great. Um, so, you know, ROB, everything at every appointment we would do an ultrasound was looking really great. Mm-hmm. So we did our 17 and then I'm the magic age of 35. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hashtag geriatric pregnancy. Exactly. <laughs> what a gross gross term totally gross term it's like it's horrible first of all if j-lo is 50 and she looks how she looks how dare they i agree that's not relevant you can sorry continue what i feel like nowadays people are just having kids older too yes you know so like 35 Uh to me like i don't i mean i probably look old no right i'm not hip and Mm -hmm. modern anymore but i don't feel like that's old (laughs) hip and modern So we had, you know, like all of my appointments with my OB, you know, he just did his tummy, the Mm -hmm. smaller ultrasound. And then my 20 week, I actually had to go to maternal fetal medicine Mm -hmm. since I was that magic age of 35 and insurance covers it once you're 35. So you might as well take advantage of that because they're already paying for that. So why not? Um, so we went down for that, and that's at our downtown clinic for those in the Fargo-Moorhead area. But um, I went down for my ultrasound at my 20-week, and they started doing my ultrasound, and instantly they my fluid was low. So like your sac, at some point between 17 and 20 weeks, my membranes ruptured. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, my water never broke with any pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And because of all my bleeding, I did not know that I was leaking fluid other than blood. Blood. So I would always bleed. Mm -hmm. So sometime probably mixed in there, there was clear fluid I would just not have known. Um, Towards the end, Mm -hmm. before that appointment, you know, you look back. Hindsight's always Mm 20-20. You look back and I think there was more some pinkish fluid. But in my head, I was like, oh, great. This is, it's it's lightening up. Mm -hmm. My, you know, your subcoronic hemorrhage, typically they say by 22 weeks is dissolved. So in my head, that's what I thought. Right. oh great this is awesome I won't have to worry about this Mm -hmm. anymore which looking back now that probably was my fluid leaking out and I just did not know that so at that point um it was pretty terrifying the lady just she put you know did her ultrasound and I was she goes well she's like things aren't good she's like we need the doctor great that is a great way uh all medical professionals things aren't good it makes you feel so great comforting So such a so stress-free way to communicate. Yes, exactly. So I'm she so want- sorry to happen to you. You are so sweet. So she wound up leaving the room. It was probably about 15 minutes before the oh MFM, like gosh. our doctor could come in. And my husband and I, like, I'm in tears. My husband, you know, we're just like, well, what does this mean for us? Like, we didn't know is our pregnancy over. Oh, you know, like, yeah, we knew our fluid no. was low. You just no. don't understand what that means. Oh, like, no. you, that's a whole, again, a whole new world. We've had three healthy pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we had our doctor came in and started looking and he just had said, you know, babies, um, developmentally gestational wise was all great. So all of that was great. Brain development where baby should be size wise was on track. So that was great news. Um, we just knew I had really low fluid. So he just said it was a wait and see game. Essentially, mm-hmm. if I would have been 23 weeks that day, they would have admitted me to the hospital on the spot. But I was 20, mm-hmm. and typically the NICU here doesn't take babies for survival rate. You know, before mm-hmm. 23 weeks, maybe 22, they'll mm-hmm. start taking. So at that point, it was just a waiting game of we need to get 23 weeks before that we can we can do anything for you. Um, so that was really hard because you think, well, what happens if I go into labor? Or you know, I'd never experienced going into natural labor. But I've also never had my water broke. So now my right. water broke. Um, okay, something gonna, am I going to go into labor now? Right. 
Um, and the hard part of that was, is they didn't say go to bed rest. It was like, just live your life normally. Right. Do, right. do, yes. do everything yes. that you normally do. Yeah. Cause that's Try. easy. <laughs> and, um, we'll see you, you know, in 23 weeks, which at that point, my OB was aware and he's, he's been phenomenal. And so he had us come in weekly for heartbeat checks and just to monitor and stuff. But yeah, yeah so then it was just sort of that waiting game at that mm. point, which is, I think more terrifying for any mom who's yeah. got any of those experiences. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It is not a chill time. Every yes. moment is filled with fear and terror yes. and worry, and it's your body, but everything's out of control. Right. So I totally know that feeling. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just that that feeling, like, and you just again, as a mom, we always want to do everything we can for our kids and our bodies, and when you can't, it's so mm-hmm. hard to not have that control. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so then our OB had um, decided to put me on bed rest at 23 weeks mm-hmm. in the hospital, so which oh, was a good yeah. plan for us. So yes. um, at 23 weeks, we went back into maternal fetal medicine <laughs> uh, the day I was going to be admitted um, to go into the hospital, and they did another ultrasound. And then at this one, um, they weren't as concerned about the little fluid. We knew that was there. They wound up found, finding out I had a creda at that point. Okay. So what that is is I had three prior C-sections, so my placenta – grew through my prior c-section scars and attached on the outside of my uterus um so that was like you know that day we were like okay we know we're going to bed rest we went through all this emotions of leaving my kids behind because you don't know how long or when you'll be back and then you go and you find that out and you're like okay whoa this is a whole nother aspect of things that we did not even anticipate Mm -hmm. at that time so what did that mean for us um it was a hysterectomy because Mm -hmm. you can't save your uterus after that Mm -hmm. and then um you know, it could grow further into other organs, which mine actually did wind up growing into my bladder then. And we oh had found that gosh. out at another time. Yes. So um, before we even got to the hospital, we had found out that there was a potential for the hysterectomy, mm-hmm. but they were doing MRI and stuff. So then we wound up going right down to the hospital to be admitted after that. Mm-hmm. So first, I, I want to ask, how did you communicate the idea of high-risk pregnancy to your other kids? How did you explain? I mean, at that age, the, the idea of pregnancy is already so alien to them right right that's a, an excellent question I think that's hard you know our oldest one was four at the time you know he got it a little bit more um even our well he had just turned three you know understood there's a baby um, in mommy's belly so yeah how do you explain that to them to understand that mommy's gonna go away and we didn't know how long you know mm-hmm. we were hoping for a very long-term bed rest which could have meant um you know an additional up to almost 10 weeks in the mm-hmm. hospital right um so you know to them we just said you know obviously I knew I was pregnant but just said you know baby has um is sick and we just want to make sure that baby and mommy stay healthy and that we're doing the best thing for them so we're going to go in the hospitals and the doctors will help us with that and just you know obviously very in terms they understood they understand what a hospital was our older two did remember their sister being born you know and coming to the hospital to visit so we tried to also turn it into a good experience for them we didn't want them to be scared you know even though as scared as miles and i are because you don't know the outcome Mm -hmm. we tried to keep it positive for them and um you know we did little that must have been so hard for you yes it was hard and you know leaving your kids of course they can come to the hospital and at that time it was um you know end of April so you think summer's coming this is the fun time our kids are at fun ages for the summer we're gonna go do things Mm -hmm. you know and to not be there plus on my husband that's a lot of stress to say you're now you're working you're taking care of the kids while I'm in the hospital Mm -hmm. ordering room service every day and watching soap operas on tv Mm -hmm. you know Um, but yeah so that was really difficult and it was a balance of what to tell them versus what not and to make it you didn't want to scare them but to make it also that we're getting the help we need for mom and baby to be healthy too so we did leave you know I left video 
videos on each of their iPads. Oh so like gosh. for good night messages. I look back now and I watch it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? I'm like, oh, trying to be all happy. But you know, left the messages so at nighttime they could always have that. And thank God for technology. You have FaceTime, you know, and different things. And, yeah. um, you know, so we just tried to prep them. We just didn't know how long we'd be in there. Right. So that was the hard part. But we just said it could be a long time, you know, until yeah. um, I'll be in there, yeah. you know, until I come back home. I know you mentioned that you were just going to be sitting in the hospital eating bonbons watching soap opera, but I also want to acknowledge to everyone listening to that that in itself is probably oh. the hardest work that has mm-hmm. to be done because you have to treat your body with the gentlest of hands yeah. and you it's something that you operate with every day and you don't even think about it, but until you're in a serious medical situation yes. where your baby's life is threatened, um, I think you don't realize just how how big of an adjustment that's going to be. So I think mm-hmm. it's incredible that on top of carrying that burden and that weight, uh, you also made all this space and extra time and attention for your other kids. It's mm-hmm. incredible. I was just going to say, that's yeah. such a reflection on the mom that you are. Oh, my Christy, goodness. Like your ability to be in a situation where not only your baby's health was in crisis, but yours was. Mm-hmm. And yet you still loved your kids mm-hmm. as a mom. That's Absolutely incredible. Right. I also want to touch on the fact that you got the news about potentially having to have the hysterectomy ahead of time. I know we've both talked about the idea that you uh, losing the the choice Mm -hmm. and the freedom Mm -hmm. and the agency of when and when not you can have future babies if you want them is heartbreaking is. and I'm I'm sure that to have to get that news right when you were in a medical crisis was also just a whole other overwhelming la- layer yeah. yeah and I think you know of course like in my mind I've never heard of that right again so you go through these pregnancies I had three healthy pregnancies and now you're going through all this different you know different pregnancy and all these things mm-hmm. you've never heard of mm-hmm. before or you know maybe people you know people don't talk about that stuff mm-hmm. you don't hear about that stuff so um yeah I think that was extremely hard you know we didn't even really have time to process that prior um you know my husband and I both you know we'd always talked about wanting four kids but again having that option taken away from yeah. you is very difficult because one of we would have had more or if Ava wouldn't have survived and then you can't have more children you know mm-hmm. so it is it's a very difficult and scary and you're just trying to process that at the same time try to be strong enough for your baby mm-hmm. you know it is hard it is definitely mm-hmm. hard yeah so you were on bed rest and then what was kind of the moment that you knew, okay, she's coming today? Yeah, so I was on bed rest for, I made it for two days. <laughs> so you, uh, my, I love that. In your head, you're like, I'm going to be here for 12 weeks. <laughs> I better watch all of Game of Thrones now. Right? And you get two days in. Two oh days in. What a whirlwind for you. Whirlwind. And my kids kept being like, Mom, I thought you were going to be in the hospital for 100 days. <laughs> you're like, like yeah, we did too, guys. <laughs> Kids perspective is always great. Yes, yes. Um, But yeah, so we honestly, it was such a rush like that morning. um, So I I was admitted on Tuesday and then Thursday morning, like I was on strict bed rest. If I got up to go to the bathroom, they did heartbeat checks every time. And that morning they had actually lifted that band that I could get up and move around. They'd have to do heartbeat check every time, but they would do the two 30 minute watches a day Mm -hmm. where they would monitor, you know, on your belly. 
And so that morning they had started monitoring the heartbeat and my niece came in, she brought me caribou, which is like my jam. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were just talking and hanging out and they had kept coming in being like, well, the heart rate started dipping, but they also kept saying, but at this gestation, that was only 23 weeks, it's sometimes hard to pick up on the monitor. Mm-hmm. So in my head, honestly, I was like, all right, whatever, you know, a heartbeat has been good mm-hmm. through everything that we went through. The heartbeat was always good. So that made mm-hmm. us feel, you know, so they kept checking it, they'd move it around and so it was about a half hour and they came back and like you know we're just gonna monitor you the ob on call today wants to monitor you a little longer i'm like okay great i'm laying here chatting anyways um so it was about an hour and then they came in like you know i think we just want to monitor you a little longer i'm like okay whatever i just knew i had to go to the bathroom but that was not an option so i was laying there and um finally an anesthesiologist came in and he's just like have you ever been you know under anesthesia and i'm like well yeah you know yeah okay and He's like, okay, well, I'm just talking, asking you questions. I'm like, all right, well, that's sort of weird, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then all of a sudden, the OB comes in that was working that day, and she's like, I think we're going to have a baby today. And oh, I'm my like, goodness. What? Oh you know, in my gosh. mind, the farthest thing from it, you know, I had mm-hmm. never even that. Honestly, probably sounds naive now, but I just thought we're going to be in a long-term bed rest. Like, I, this baby's not coming early. That was just mm-hmm. not a thought in my head. I was just determined we're going to get mm-hmm. to July 16th is where mm-hmm. we wanted to get. And so she came in and said that, and I honestly was so taken. I mean, I honestly didn't think it would happen. I didn't even tell my husband he was at work. I didn't even text him and say anything because I was like, well, that's sort of silly. Like, I just say they just don't know me. They just aren't getting this heartbeat at the baby. And so then they came back in, and they actually brought in an ultrasound machine. Mm -hmm. And so they put that on my belly to just check heartbeat. And from there, it was just like, it really was like a movie or a Grey's Anatomy scene. Mm -hmm. Um, They just, she... um, ROB threw that across I was on wheels just chucked it and then they hit the code button Mm. and they just started running with my bed oh my god so we were on the 10th floor so you were alone your husband was was not there nope he was not there you're being a princess warrior (laughs) that's insane yeah we did not I mean like I said we honestly just didn't think and we had no other indications and since I had been on bed rest I had not bled Mm. I had not leaked any fluid Mm. so in our heads we're like okay I just needed to maybe just Life may, you know, be in here, Mm -hmm. relaxed, you know, in this type of state. So they just started running and it was like my hands, of course, are on the bed rails and they're like, get your hands in. So they're running us down the hallway. They hit code. They coded NICU. They were screaming for the NICU and they got us down the hallway to the elevators, the patient elevators. And I remember there being other patients and they were just like, move out of the way. So they got me into the elevator. We went down to the lower level OR and you know, wheeled, it was just like, I mean, it really was like a dream or a movie. Mm-hmm. I, it seems weird saying that, but just thinking about it now. And so they get me in there and um, they, I, I remember the anesthesiologist and them talking and the doctor just like, where's the NICU team? We need NICU here now. And then they moved me over to obviously the operating table and they had to cut my clothes off because I had, oh. I had regular clothes on. I actually wasn't in a hospital gown. Mm-hmm. And um, so they cut my clothes off and they started getting a catheter in. And then the last thing that I remember was them just saying, um, can we put her out now? So then I obviously just went out. It was so quick. I didn't have time. You know, I didn't have a spinal or anything. It was just general anesthesia to be put out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the crazy thing is and how amazing they are that they work. So from the time they did my last ultrasound till the time Ava was born was 11 minutes. Oh, my god! So they got me from, you know, the top floor all wow. the way down. 
um, got me on table, you know, cut me open. I think the saving grace, my OB at the time who delivered said, you know, they knew they weren't saving my uterus. We knew I had to have a hysterectomy. Right. So they could so just they be efficient. Did, so they could just be efficient. They didn't have to watch where they cut. So they were able to mm. get her out. Yeah. 11 minutes from that last ultrasound wow. to the time they had wow. her out, which is crazy. And then from the time they had me cut open till they had her out was less than a minute. So it meant they moved fast. Fast. Yeah. Which they, now they said they have six minutes to get a baby out for survival. Um, if wow. they have to do it fast. So they wow. work their magic. Um, so pretty crazy. And she did come out, you know, she um, had to be resuscitated at birth mm-hmm. and um, two minutes of CPR. And then they wound up getting oh her back. Goodness. Yes. Wow. Which is crazy. And then once they did the surgery, that's when they realized my MRI the night before had showed my accreta was just on my uterus. Well, then it actually did grow into my bladder, which is procretia. Mm-hmm. So that wound up growing into my bladder. So then I had to have a hysterectomy and then bladder repair. So I had a catheter for 14 days oh after oh, surgery. First of all, cute. I like, know, right? My uh, You guys will love this. My yeah. son, of course, my kids thought that I, you know, peed in a bag was really cool. Yeah. They loved when the nurses so emptied up. it. <laughs> and then after they went to daycare the weekend after, you know, oh, I said, no. oh, I was like, did you guys tell him you have a baby sister? And they said, no, but we said my mom pees in a bag and poops in a toilet. <laughs> it's like, of course you would say that. Thank you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so Again, the minds yes. of kids yes. and how it so works. Funny. And in those moments, we that. needed that humor. You know, when yeah. Miles would take it, he was like, oh, Liam told everybody this at daycare today. I'm like, well, he would. So that's that. great. I love that. I, I also, yeah, catheters are just... They're uh, ridiculous. Yeah. I named mine Kathy. Oh, so I was like, hey, I Kathy, like how you doing? I should have named mine. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Sorry. Another episode of Dear Nikki Mama just started playing on my phone. <laughs> It was very meta. I am sorry. I'm going back. Do not feel sorry. Uh, so uh, that's really incredible that you survived that. And mm-hmm. I think if there was ever someone listening who didn't realize how traumatic and serious a Nikki birth can be, yes. you described it perfectly. It seems like a movie because yeah. it's so unreal. Yes. That, that something that critical could be happening to your body, to your baby, is unreal. And you just... Mm-hmm. There's nothing that can prepare you for it. Mm-hmm. And it I'm is just, it is so out of your control. And again, that like we talked, that's very hard. And just think not, you know, everything happens so fast. You don't even have time to know what's going on, let alone process anything. And it just, it's, uh, and you're doing what mm-hmm. you, your baby needs and your mm-hmm. body needs. And so you just, um, you know, you do what you need to do, but it's mm-hmm. scary. It is like a movie. I think you can't ever understand until you've been in those moments. You know? I remember telling Ryan, cause he, Ryan was there, which I want to get back to the fact, like how your husband found out. Yeah. <laughs> But Ryan was there, and I remember telling him afterwards, I was like, I felt like I was in a Grey's Anatomy episode. Yes. I was like, I feel like I've seen this on TV. Like, (laughs) so true. Because it happened so fast. And I think, too, I think it would be really interesting to do a podcast episode from the perspective of the dads at some point as well, Mm -hmm. because, you know, not only are they concerned about your baby, but they're concerned about you. Yes. And they're not medical professionals. They don't know, like, Mm -hmm. what all this terminology means. And I remember ryan saying like yeah he was there five minutes later like you left and i had a son in five minutes you know it happened so fast Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah zach said almost the exact same thing and he's way slower of a processor than ryan is so i think that if and he wouldn't mind me saying it but um he was it was just like i think everything was in slow motion for him and it's Mm -hmm. even more secretive especially if you're going under general anesthesia which all three of us were Right yep. for ours. Mm-hmm. So when you go under like that, literally for the the partner, 
they're you go in a room and then two people come out. It's very weird if you think yes, about that. So One person go in, two come out, whatever. Okay, sure. Right. Um, what's the first thing that you remember waking up? Well, I remember waking up when tons of pain because, of course, you have your C-section. Then I had hysterectomy and my bladder repair (gasps) just under general. But no spinal. No spinal. I didn't think about that. Ow. Yeah, so it was pretty horrific. Um, So I was just like, give me all the drugs. I need everything possible right now, Um, which was – so that was pretty horrible. And then, you know, just not knowing, did my baby live? Did my baby survive? What is – Isn't it amazing that the first thing that you think of when you wake up is, how's my baby? Yes. Even in yes. the most excruciating pain, mm-hmm. the first thing you think of is, how's the baby? Right. I mean, right. that is incredible. Sorry. Right. I think it's just the moms in this, right? Yes. You just yeah. want to know, like, you put everyone before yourself. You've been like, mm-hmm. where's my baby? What's going on with my baby? Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And what did they tell you about Ava? So they didn't tell me anything. I was oh. in recovery. Um, I just remember, uh, so she was born at 214. And I was in recovery till 9.30 that night. Yeah. So I I remember them calling my husband to see where he was acting when I could finally, like, saying she's awake now. You know, we're just managing pain. Well, then she – and I remember – all I remember the lady saying, and she was really nice, but she – we both – she hung up the phone, and we both were like, well, he sounds like he's in a good mood, so our baby must have lived. So no one said anything to me when I was in recovery. Oh, my gosh. So that's Christy. all we went off of, and we still didn't know, like, girl or boy at that point. Like, I don't oh, – I don't know how that works with recovery. I mean, that was my experience, you know? So, like, we were like, well, he sounded in a good mood. I mean, not that he'd probably be crying hysterically as men are a little bit different, too. Mm -hmm. You know, or my husband, you know, if he would have, if, you know, baby hadn't survived. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so I did not know at that point until I even got up to my room, um, which was about, I think I wound up getting up there at, like, 10 o'clock that night. And then finally could see my husband for the first time. Yeah. 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 So how did that length of time feel for you? I know you were in a lot of pain. And from experience, I know when you're in that pain, time is a little fluid. Yeah, Especially because then you start getting the drugs yes. and you're like, what kind of handbag should I buy? <laughs> yes. You get a little loopy. Yes. And you kind of go in and out a little bit. I mean, what were those hours like? I think I had no concept of time. Right. You know, I didn't realize it was that late. I didn't realize my surgery had taken so long. You know, my recovery, I lost a lot of blood, so I had a lot of transfusions as well. Sure. So, like, I didn't realize any of that. I think I just had no concept of anything until we got upstairs into, mm-hmm. you know, my room. And it's like, gosh, it's 10 o'clock at night already. Yeah. You know, and she was born at 214. Yeah. What did happen? So maybe a blessing because you don't realize yeah. that sure. at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What was it like when you saw your husband? Well, it was very emotional because, yeah. you know, he came into the hot and onto my room. It was about 10 o'clock when I got up there and just emotional and just to see him, of course, because yeah. he wasn't there through all of it. And yeah. I felt bad that I hadn't even just sent a quick message like, hey, they think you're having a baby, you know, because yeah. things transpire so fast. So you don't, fast. Yeah. you feel like, you know, gosh, I didn't even get to tell you that he, of course, would have been there and would have wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. So it was very emotional, you know, hugging, crying, you know, asking like, what did we have? We had a girl. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that. We never knew what we were having. Uh, we never found out with any of our kids. Um, so finding that out and, you know, I think we knew she was sick. We knew she was little. But the blinders of maybe NICU life, we didn't ever know how sick. You know, you don't mm-hmm. grasp all that stuff. Yeah, We knew she was living, so that was great. And mm-hmm. I guess in my head, I just never thought of it as a different way. So now looking back and you hear more things, 
Like there was so many things I think I just, you didn't realize and didn't know. Yes. But knowing that we had a girl, she was alive. Mm-hmm. Miles had seen her. Mm-hmm. He had taken pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, so he showed me those, you know, yeah. I think it was just that trying to process everything that mm-hmm. happened together and mm-hmm. being scared. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but happy that baby was okay at that point and myself too. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I definitely identify with that. Having had two different NICU things mm-hmm. the first time around, you literally have no idea what's going on. You have no concept of right. what's happening, uh, especially if you have no medical background. Mm-hmm. And again, hashtag musical theater degree. <laughs> so I was like, when do I start tap now? Do I tap dance? Um, so I, you know, I had no concept of what it is. Right. Second time around, I think you're just way more hyper aware. Oh, and sure. now you over a hundred days into this long NICU journey, you're pretty much an expert at this point. You are, she is a board certified neonatologist. <laughs> no, she, but you, you have such a different perspective. Yes. And you're, like you said, I do wonder if it is a blessing that you it don't know. Cause you just, the, the fear of um, all of the things that could potentially go wrong yes. would, would maybe kill you. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there's something I, and I don't know, maybe this is only my personal experience, but I thought that the one of the hardest times in the NICU was that first week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because not only are you recovering from a major surgery, yeah. oftentimes, yes. but also if you didn't know the NICU before that, you are exposed to so much all at yes. one time. It's a crash course. It is. And at the same course. time, yes. you need to be asked these questions, but they're asking you, like, did you want to breastfeed? Here's a pump. Yeah. And so you're like pumping, but your baby's not in front of you. And mm-hmm. you're yes. just like that mm-hmm. emotional first week was, if you've never had a NICU experience, mm-hmm. is so much at one time. Yes. And it's like, I didn't know right. how to process yes. that, you know? Yeah, they're asking you questions and you don't even understand. And you're yeah. trying to just figure out, like, I had a baby. Yeah, exactly. It's very right. overwhelming, right. you know? Like, Can we get them donor milk? Sign this thing, give them <laughs> yes, donor milk. Yeah. Exactly. You want donor milk? Donor, donor, donor yeah. milk. What's your donor passcode milk. for your, when you call in? And you're like, right. I do, I, what? Yeah. I what am I leaving? I don't I know, know why would I call in? I'm here. So, so, side note, we had to set up passcode and Zach cho- chose it. And again, he's a very slow processor, but it's so cute. He chose. He's got a great chin. He has a great chin. He chose food. That is the that everyone else is like very tender and like <laughs> to their journey. And so every time I had it all, I'd be like, um, "Our passcode's food." Um, it was like very serious. That is so great. I know men are anyway. So I'm. Uh, so because you've had three deliveries, and I just know from having two kids, it's impossible not to compare. But did you immediately start thinking? this is not how it was before. I mean, how did, did you immediately start making those comparative thoughts? Has that not occurred to you before? I mean, what do you, how do you feel about it? You know, that's a really good question. Um, because I feel like it's been such a different experience, you sure. know, I don't know if I've necessarily compared them mm-hmm. in that type of way. Cause a whole war, it's just been such a it's whirlwind. A yeah. It's a whole new thing. So it's just been so different than mm-hmm. everything. Um, you know, where you're just trying to, again, process and understand what's even mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. as you're trying to recover yeah. and learn everything mm-hmm. too. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I ever was, you know, sort of connected it that way for me. Of course you just wish like, oh my gosh, I wish I could, before I would complain about recovering and going home with my full term baby. And now you're like, I wish I could recover and go home with my baby, yeah. but you know, um, which that's what you want to do mm-hmm. so badly, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's a good, good question. And 
Ashley and I have talked about, we've never had the moment where they're like, and this is your baby. And they hold it up and they're like, and I'm sure that's like not how any woman really experiences delivery because you're like, what? Ow. <laughs> um, but because your experience with Ava was so different mm-hmm. than your previous deliveries, what did you first think when you saw her? Because I've seen pictures of her and I had a 25 weeker and mm-hmm. I feel like. She looks so, so small. Yes, and I think that's a valid point because you're right. You know, with my other C-sections, and they've gotten so much better at letting the mom be involved in it and yeah. seeing yes. things. Mm-hmm. You know, my first C-section, I did not get to do skin-to-skin. My previous, then my next two, I did skin-to-skin mm-hmm. in the OR. You saw your baby right away. You mm-hmm. got that joy of them saying mm-hmm. it's a girl, it's a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. That is really hard, you know, and then seeing them in this little cage, essentially, that you can't touch and they have all mm-hmm. these tubes and mm-hmm. things coming out. It is. It's very scary and nerve-wracking and so different. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel blessed that I've had the opportunity to have full-term healthy babies and have that experience um, because I think it would be really hard for your first experience to go through this because you you don't get that Mm -hmm. you know so I've been blessed that I've had both of those but it is very hard very hard I think it's hard either way I mean I to me I think it's just a different thing to have had three different kids and um, then to have this slapped across your face like I thought that I knew how to do this. Yes, it's true. And then true. you have to start all over again and exactly. learn things that no mom should ever have to learn. Even like Miles and I talk about that now. Like even when we bring Ava home, she's our fourth baby. It is, you know, for us feeling you're bringing home a newborn again. It's mm-hmm. your first kid because things are so different. Mm-hmm. And, wow. Yeah. You know, things are always monitored and mm-hmm. we're, you know, so it's going to be almost like we're bringing home our first kid again because mm-hmm. it's such a different experience from day one and then mm-hmm. let alone going home and transitioning. Yeah. It's so different, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Did your kids, um, do you feel like they understood right away what it meant to have a preemie sister? Like, what was their reaction? You know, I think um, right away they were like, well, again, they were like, Mom, why are you home? You're just in the hospital for 100 days. So we just said, you know what, Mommy, you know, is doing good. But now baby, we kept saying, you know, your baby sister is in the hospital and she needs a doctor's help. She's really sick. We're trying to get her bigger and stronger. And mm-hmm. Mommy's body, she just needed to be out here to, to survive. And so, you know, right away, we are really nervous about mm-hmm. that, you know, showing pictures, talking about it. How do you handle that with these little kids? Mm-hmm. And um, Child Life Service was great with that. You know, we mm-hmm. printed a bunch of pictures. So mm-hmm. the first time they came up, to the hospital we did crafts with those so they could see pictures then they had dolls with tubes coming out of oh, them really so that we yeah. could see that so for them instead of seeing mm-hmm. especially our older two they remember coming up to see Hattie when she was born mm-hmm. so it's a totally different experience yeah, mm-hmm. so you know that stuff really was helpful we honestly thought we'd probably keep them away for mm-hmm. a while and they had asked like well we want to go see Mm -hmm. you know Hattie unfortunately is young she will not be able to ever go meet Ava until she comes home Mm -hmm. but the boys had kept kept asking so like you know what we've showed them the pictures we've done arts and crafts we've showed them the dolls that like maybe look Mm -hmm. different than Mm -hmm. other babies and they actually did a phenomenal job it's amazing how kids can respond so compassionately yes they're really resilient Mm -hmm. yeah and then we thought we'd make it a special night we were going to bring one at a time and do dinner at the hospital but of course they wanted to go together sure you know (laughs) so we brought them back there but they did a phenomenal job and I think Mm -hmm. it does make you you know that helped us too Mm -hmm. seeing them still so excited and you know they were so loving yet knowing she was sick you know so it was it was really hard because to them too it's like well why can't she go home with us Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah I would imagine when you're doing your own processing 
to have to process it and then translate mm-hmm. it in a way that young mm-hmm. children would understand mm-hmm. it would be emotional oh it is mm-hmm. yes because yeah. you don't want to give you don't want to scare them or you don't want to oh, information overload mm-hmm. or things they don't need to know or hear mm-hmm. too so yeah trying to what should we tell them um you know and i think we didn't want to make the hospital a scary place mm-hmm. either yeah. um so i think you know we're lucky here in the fargo area you know Cully's cabin for us was huge it's a play area for the yeah. kids yeah. you know so they actually like coming to the hospital sure. you know because we didn't mm-hmm. want them to be scared of of what happened maybe to mom or sister mm-hmm. um when you go to the hospital and so they have you know i think they've been very resilient and overall for them they have done yeah. i mean really well mm-hmm. which we're thankful for yeah and having toys in their room to play with or colors yeah. and things like that, too. Yeah, right. So can you talk a little bit about what Ava's journey has been like since, you know, the ups and the downs and, and what her biggest struggles have been and also maybe her biggest accomplishments so far? Because she is, like, miraculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't so she, sweet. if she's not president of the United States <laughs> or an astronaut or I don't know, but she's destined for good things. You know, yes. we do say I think she is pretty destined to do some amazing things. Yes. You know, she's overcome more in a, her 146 days on this earth than any of us have. Or, I mean, I feel I for sure have in my mm-hmm. life and probably will in my life in my lifetime. But, um, yeah, you know, coming out, she – so for our neonatologist that delivered her, who holds a special place in our hearts, uh, she is the sickest and smallest baby she's ever had survive. And mm-hmm. so she took 22-weekers at her fellowship, and mm-hmm. Ava was 23 and 2. So we truly feel if she wasn't the neonatologist working that day that Ava would not be here or her outcome would have been severely different. Wow. Wow. So we just love her dearly. And she's been a second mom to Ava because she just loves on her. As you guys know, all the nerds, they do. They really love yeah. those babies. Yeah, they do. Um, so, you know, coming out at birth, she had a perforated bowel, which meant she had put a hole in her intestine. So within an hour of birth, they had done surgery on her. Oh, my gosh. And if you ever see pictures, her tummy was black. I mean, she oh. had stool in her belly. Oh. and. So doctor, our doctor, um, she had, even before x-ray came back in radiology, she had known that because she'd seen one other baby like that. So they had done the surgery before they even heard from radiology. Wow. So that was pretty phenomenal. Um, and I think even just, you know, surviving, coming out and being resuscitated at birth at one pound yeah. and having those chest compressions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now again, we know more than we did then. Um, but they said she was so severely sick that blood was pouring out of like every hole in her body. Oh. So she did seven straight hours of blood transfusions so that when they were in there and they had a team of five nurses and our neonatologist in there for those first eight hours just nonstop, Mm -hmm. you know doing the different things on her and I guess I think of even how can you put a pick line or an IV in a one pound baby Mm -hmm. and they were able Mm -hmm. to do that yeah so you know that was our first big hurdle um you know on day two of life they had asked you know they did have to talk to us about end of life options Mm -hmm. you know um and 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 do all that type of stuff which is never fun as a parent no. To have to yeah. think of that. But, um, again, I do think we had the blinders in those early days. We didn't realize how sick she was, which, again, mm-hmm. I think is a blessing. But, you know, so I think even just living past those first 72 hours, which were so critical for her, yes. was huge. And yeah. we survived those first 72 hours. And I remember our neonatologist coming. She was born on a Thursday and Sunday night, and she had been with her those first 72 hours and just saying, she's like, she's she's going to be okay. I have a feeling about it. I just know she's yeah. going to be, it might be a rough road. We don't know what lies ahead of us. She was, but I think she's going to live. And so that just mm-hmm. gave us in my mind, I just never thought of it as a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so she overcame, she luckily didn't have a lot of brain bleeds, which is phenomenal for her being That's so early. Awesome. She only had a grade one brain bleed. Grade one. Grade are one. You yes. Man, so we she's are very lucky. Stuff. 
stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we are really lucky, you know. So those first couple of weeks again, it was just that was I think just her surviving was mm-hmm. the big thing. Um, and then Memorial Day weekend, she's born May second. Memorial Day weekend, her bowels perforated again. Ugh. So that was scary. We did get that phone call at home as we're getting ready to come into the hospital that she would go into emergency surgery that mm-hmm. day. And she was so little and unstable, they actually could not transport her to an OR. So then her room turned into an OR. So they did her operation right there bedside, oh my gosh. which is great. They can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so at just one pound, she was just one pound, three ounces. Then they um, took out and removed 10 centimeters of bowel. They made incision in her tummy and then they actually put her intestines on the outside of her body and she mm-hmm. had a the ostomy or stoma um, that she had then. Um, so that was a huge thing. You know, you don't know if one pound, three ounce baby is going into surgery. Is she going to live? Mm-hmm. Is she going to survive? Um, and you think of those surgeons working on these teeny little bodies. So that was a very scary thing. She came out of surgery um, not doing well. I mean, her blood pressures were low. Yeah. You know, all of that type yeah. of stuff, of course, which is given. But overall, our surgeon said that she handled it as well as she could. And they were pleased with it. They were pleased once they opened her up. They did not have to remove more of her bowel, which was yeah. great. So that was a huge hurdle for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just think, you know, all those that coming off a ventilator, mm-hmm. you know, she was a month and a half and we came off the ventilator. That was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, she had that stoma on the outside until um, August. So then on August, they did a reconnection surgery mm-hmm. on her. That was another huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a huge hurdle, almost some, maybe some of the hardest too, because she went into surgery. We thought she'd be extubated that day. She wound up being intubated for two full weeks. Mm-hmm. She got an infection, mm-hmm. you know, just all that type of stuff Mm -hmm. so it's hard she's been through so much Mm -hmm. you know her whole journey I think is taught us to just I mean if she can overcome everything that she's overcome Mm -hmm. and we've never had a lot of those rebounds after her first surgery they said she's going to be puffy she's going to de-stat she didn't do that Mm -hmm. and so for us I remember NP coming in saying this is not normal but it's Mm -hmm. good but you don't you know I think you just sometimes now looking back at how big some of those things were how Mm -hmm. wrong when you have IVs in every orifice of your body, how something could go wrong. You could catch something. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so, so many hurdles that she's come over. I probably rambled way too long on that. (gasps) But there's so many things she's Mm -hmm. gone through, um, you know. And so now I think our big thing is her heart, her PDA. That was a huge thing that wound up closing. They told us that would never close. It Mm -hmm. did. You know, now it's just that respiratory stuff that Mm -hmm. we're, we're working on now. Yeah, that's awesome. What has Ava taught you? Justin, as you've watched her fight, what has she taught you? That is a good question. I think there's that quote that I feel like is so strong. Well, one of ours is like, you know, to always believe all things are possible. Um, I think there was a lot of people when Ava was first born that just sort of wrote her off as not surviving or not living. And so I think just believing that all things are possible. And these little babies are warriors. What they can do and go through and survive, an adult could never do that. Mm -hmm. So I just think, you know, she's really taught us to always, you know, stay positive, be determined. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think you don't know how strong you have to be until it's the only thing. And I feel like that's Mm -hmm. her to a T. She's had to be strong and she's had to Mm -hmm. fight through everything and she's done it. You know, she has, which is a miracle in itself. So just to, Mm -hmm. I think your whole life aspect changes, Mm -hmm. but just, you know, to be strong, to fight on and to, um, you know, just, you can overcome the impossible, you know? I just want to comment on, because we have never met in person until today. Yes. It's better than my wedding day. (laughs) Um, But I, I just, I've seen, uh, 
pictures and videos mm-hmm. and and posts and, and parts that are, have been documented of your NICU journey with Ava. And even though she is obviously resilient and a fighter and a mm-hmm. warrior, I think it's very obvious mm-hmm. that it comes from you. Yeah. And that part, that mm-hmm. you made a choice to have that attitude as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was nearly as positive <laughs> as you were. But I, I remember seeing a photo, a video of you holding her for the first time. Oh, mm-hmm. And I, it was just you lifting her up, yes. I think. Yes. And so this, it's, I think this is probably, if you get to be in a great integrated NICU where family is really involved in cares, uh, you're, you basically, when you touch them, it's just like head and feet mm-hmm. or head and butt, and you just lift them up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and your face, uh, I don't, I didn't see an inch of fear mm-hmm. on your face. And I think, that's so telling of who you are. Because when I watched it, I thought, she is so joyful and she's taking mm-hmm. in the miracle and the beauty of what she's doing right now. Uh, and it's something, that's a character quality I wish that I had had in the NICU. And so even though obviously Ava's taught you many so, so many things, mm-hmm. obviously some of that permeated mm-hmm. through um, the placenta. I mean, that's not a placenta <laughs> joke because I no, know I it's coming. <laughs> Well, and I want to commend you, too, for being so, for really, it can be so vulnerable to share medically fragile information mm-hmm. online because mm-hmm. it's not just, like, it's your baby, and, and every day is so unpredictable, and mm-hmm. one day it can be this way and the next, and I just want to commend you for not isolating yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it's yeah. so incredible that you've allowed other people in on your journey because mm-hmm. it, it can just feel like every day you don't know what mm-hmm. the next day is going to hold. And so I just want to commend you also for inviting people in your journey. And it's just an honor to yes. follow along oh and God. to celebrate her life and yeah, you and what your family has mm-hmm. overcome. And, yeah, she's she's going to be a little astronaut or president or something. Or yeah. I don't know what, but she's... Yes. We're definitely screwed when she's a teenager. Yeah. We've already determined that. She's going to be independent, just like JJ. I know. <laughs> no, she won't be like JJ. <laughs> <laughs> JJ could be your chauffeur or something, I'm sure. There you go. Yeah, she's president. She'll be a secret service agent. Anyway, I know. Uh, you're, yeah, I totally agree with everything Ashley said. I think it's amazing. I think I want you to talk a little bit about um, the, the poop party that you threw oh, a little yes. bit. Because this is such an example about the moments of levity and fun mm-hmm. and joy, I think, that you can bring to your NICU experience if that's where you're at. Yeah. So, you know, for us, like the NICU, of course, it's scary and the unknown is scary. You know, every day something and with preemies and in the NICU, life can change a matter of a minute. It can mm-hmm. be a great high and then the worst low ever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so we have just learned to celebrate and embrace every moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Ava, of course – um, that Memorial Day weekend surgery when she had a stoma on the outside. So that's where obviously all her stool came out. Mm-hmm. So, um, which again, cute. I know, right? <laughs> so she'll love me talking about that. So that's where prom dates. <laughs> Right, and we had fun with it. We made like whoever the nurse that had kept her ostomy bag on the longest. We had an award for her, you know, like made it fun. Um, But then she, yeah, it was pretty awesome. She wound up having a reconnection surgery um, August fifth, and she finally had her first like 
poop 104 <laughs> days after birth. Yeah, and so that's sense. huge because that she is. had her colon, her lower intestine mm-hmm. never worked until the reconnection. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know if that's going to work or not. Mm-hmm. And she pooped and we had a huge party. <laughs> as, um, we should. as we should. We brought in poop cupcakes. We had poop balloons. <laughs> yeah, we had pictures. It was a really great poop <laughs> party amazing. that she will hate one day. It's that- so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. The only time in life where that's probably cute. Yeah, exactly. So we thought we had to celebrate that. Yeah. And it was so fun. You know, yeah. uh, we've got to know everyone. So everyone would come in and get a cupcake and take a picture with Ava. And cute. we really did celebrate that. And it was a, you know, a big, like I, again, take a poopy diaper for granted. I couldn't mm-hmm. change a first poopy yes. diaper on yeah. her for 104 days. 104 and days. so it was so exciting. And of yeah. course it happened in the middle of the night, but her nurses saved me the diaper. And oh. I did take a picture of that <laughs> diaper. So do oh not worry. <laughs> I love that your nurses knew you well enough to know that you wanted to see that. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. I thought, bless their hearts, they were so, so cute. cute. So they saved it. It was at her 2 a.m. care, and they Aww. saved it for me. Are you 81125? We are 81125 oh now. That's so fun. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I I guess one of the last things I wanted to ask you about was how you're thinking and preparing for what life will look like after NICU. I know that probably the most annoying question anybody asks you is, when's she going to come home? When's that girl going to come home? (laughs) And you, you immediately burst into tears. She just, yes, us. right. Why is she coming home? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah, prior to NICU life, you know, people are really try to be kind and yes, ask these yes. genuine questions and say things. But then when you're inside, sometimes you want to be like, what? Why would you ask that? <laughs> I know. You know, and I've been the person that's asked those before because I didn't know this world. Right. Yeah, you know, and I think that's where we're at now is, you know, we just want to be home. We've been in there for 146 mm-hmm. days. You know, you're going in every day. We yes. love it, but you're just tired of it too. Mm-hmm. So I think the unknown is a little scary right we don't know when she's going to come home how much longer we're going to be in the hospital what will her needs be when she comes home Mm -hmm. will she be on oxygen they've talked a little bit lately about a g-tube is she Mm going to need a g-tube you know how is that going to affect her life or even just coming home and you know you don't want to not do things with her other kids but if her life we might need to be at home a little bit more so Mm -hmm. i think it is sort of scary yet but we're just trying to stay positive Mm -hmm. um for us, I guess she needs to be in the hospital. She's where she needs to be right now. We want to bring her home as healthy as possible. Yeah. So that's what she needs. But, um, yeah, I think it's just where, you know, we're just trying to approach each day with a positive attitude. She's getting what she needs. We're still there to support her. Um, but, yeah, yeah, we're so anxious for that day to take mm-hmm. her home. And mm-hmm. I wish we had a crystal ball. Yeah. You know, everybody always asks when, and I wish we did that. We, yeah. we knew, you know, and yeah. – I know they don't know up there either. Yeah. If they did and they didn't tell us, they'd be in big trouble. Yeah, but. right. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, too, it's it'll just happen overnight. They'll be like, oh, she can go home. Yeah, see, like, that freaks me out. A what? <laughs> <laughs> I do not have a car seat. I do not have anything because I've been here planning poop parties, sir. Right. <laughs> Ma'am? Exactly, exactly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, I'm sure – your older kids are just excited to have her and, and especially have your youngest yes. who hasn't yes. sorry that's if you hear a baby in the background it's mine it's adorable <laughs> Silas and he's so cute <laughs> Yeah, you're so happy. Uh, Silas and I are in a relationship. Oh, yeah. oh it's okay, buddy. He, 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 do, he does these fake costs. He's like, I know, <laughs> I know. And then he just waits. Just wait your name. too. She'll be like, yeah. No, you're not. You just want more cereal puffs. You dork. Anyway, I'm a loving mother. I'm just going to say that. 
I am. Anyway, your kids must be so excited at the prospect of her coming home. And what do you communicate to them about what? <laughs> We're it's a bubble fest over here. Get that banana. Go get it, boy. Eat it. Yeah, you put two on you. You oh, might need to start don't. that sentence. Oh, yes. So in preparation, <laughs> okay. yeah. so in preparation for Ava coming home, what are you communicating to her older siblings? How are you preparing them for what life might look like with her? I, I know there's so many unknowns, but I'm sure they ask. Yeah, and they do. You know, our boys love going up. So even this weekend, they were up there, you know, holding her, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And saying, you know, they, it's funny. They'll be like, Ava, we can't wait to go home so we can wrestle. And we're like, well, <laughs> that might be a ways out yet. Such a little boy thing to say. Such a boy thing. Can't wait to eat mud with you. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, even just prepping them to say, you know, you know, Ava's going to come home, but she might be, she's still going to be really small. She might be <laughs> so sick. sorry. Okay. Uh, sorry. Okay, maybe start that over. Okay, with Ava's Instagram phone, she would be small. <laughs> uh, yeah, she just might, you know, she might be really small yet, mm-hmm. or she will be, I shouldn't say might, but she's going to be really small yet. Mm-hmm. You know, she still has a lot of growing to do, mm-hmm. and since she's been so sick, we still want to make sure we give her, you know, all that she needs. So she, that might look different than when your little sister came home or your little brother came home, and um, just making sure, you know, that they know we want everyone to love on her, but we also need to be careful with that, mm-hmm, too. And what does mm-hmm. that mean? And the touching and everything. Mm-hmm. So I think they, you know, we just say it'll be so fun to have us all back under a roof yeah. together mm-hmm. and be our family of six, yeah. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I think, is a practical question that other NICU moms with other kids might benefit from. From, But how are you doing in terms of the dreaded five word germ you know with the older kids Flu because season. first of all kids are gross when they you know what i mean Ugh, they're booger they town are. they're booger city and how do you uh, how do you address it because i was maybe i didn't touch my cat it's happening right yeah you know, maybe. i know and that's hard because i will say that i'm not a germ freak usually so my right. other kids have all been like ah, whatever yeah, right. don't build your immunity yeah. <laughs> um, but you know it is hard because it's going to be very different with her right. and she will more than likely come home probably in the middle of flu and rsv season you know mm-hmm. she does qualify for the rsv vaccine oh, cool. yes yeah, so that, that will that be word. great i know like it sounds a, so like it's like a marvel character <laughs> i love that yeah. Yeah. Nikki Mouse talks. Did your baby qualify for synergist? Like, yeah, I know. Sounds so official. Yeah, so Did you get synergist? We sound really smart. Well, uh, JJ was literally one day too old to get uh, synergist. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, Silas. Silas. Well, he was young. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. and oh, that no, that's right. I think it was. It's literally twenty and five okay. or something like that. Okay. Anyway, yeah. very rude, JJ. <laughs> Why'd you wait so long? (laughs) You know, the one good thing, our kids, it's weird. Schools talks about germs. Our kids love to wash their hands. (gasps) Amazing. Which is great. So that is a big thing in our house. Soap and washing their hands Mm -hmm. and brushing their teeth is like... They love to do that. They do it all day if they could. You know, so I think just we'll have to make sure we reiterate that to them. I think the hard part that all of us Nikki moms fear is just, you know, the public or the others. You know, you know they want to love and touch your baby, but you don't want them to love and touch Mm -hmm. your baby. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand that. Mm -hmm. You know, they just think it's their baby too. And Mm -hmm. so that is a fear. How do you handle that? Um, So, yeah, I think it'll just be we learn as we go. Mm -hmm. But making sure we, you know, educate those that Mm -hmm. are interacting with us or that we're around Mm -hmm. and definitely the kids 
kids, you know, making sure they'll, they'll probably think it's fun because even if we have sanitizer now, it's like, ooh, this is so cool. Yeah. Like, they love soaping up and scrubbing at the hospital. But yeah, just staying yeah. on top of that too because yeah, yeah, they're gonna get sick. They're at daycare. They're with mm-hmm. kids and making sure yeah. that doesn't get you know mm-hmm. affect her. I feel like you've done just such a good job of teaching your kids yes. and just like getting yeah. them involved. I I want to commend you on that. Good. What do you gotta say, buddy? <laughs> just, just do some solid deep breathing. <laughs> You're so cute. Uh, I think the last thing I wanted to ask. Yes, I'm keeping like one last thing. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to ask was, what advice do you have for other NICU moms with kids, specifically older kids? Because you obviously just inherent in you. You're a wonderful mother who knew how to navigate this. Don't ask my kids. <laughs> No, the fact that they want to brush their teeth all day, I think, is a pretty drawing. I cool. love brushing my teeth, Mom. They sound like little angel children. They are not, believe me. <laughs> they are not. Uh, I mean, what advice would you get? I mean, if you could go back to yourself on day one, what would you? What advice would you give yourself? You know, I think kids teach us so much. You know, and just their little minds and. Um, I think it's really is important as hard as it, it is to to be honest with them to a certain mm-hmm. extent like not you know don't hide the fact of what's going on or you know they've seen me cry they've seen Miles cry and I think that's important too yeah, mm-hmm. to say that we are sad about this like, yeah. that's I've come home from the hospital crying mommy what's wrong well she was a really tough day Ava had a had a tough day at the hospital but the doctors mm-hmm. are helping her and mm-hmm. so I think you know letting them see that vulnerable side of you that it, you're it's hard as well but that it's okay mm-hmm. and making the hospital not just a scary place either yeah you know I think that's been been helpful for us and just again being honest to an extent with them Mm -hmm. you know but sharing it in terms they understand or if you can show them the dolls with the tubes or Mm -hmm. you know um bringing a diaper home for them to play with Mm -hmm. with their dolls was important you know or Ava's the size of a beanie baby and they'd be like wow look at you guys this is what my sister looks like Mm -hmm. you know comparables or helping them through those or remember when you went to the doctor and you had to get a shot and you cried well today Ava had to go through that Mm -hmm. so things that are just Mm -hmm. relatable to them if that makes sense you know but making sure you don't I mean you want to shield some things but you also need them to know what's going on as well if that makes sense you could be a great writer for Daniel Tiger I'm just imagining (laughs) all the cool NICU themed episodes you could write about you really could have some cool ones which would be great for kids it'll be like that's G2. That's G2. That's how that would go. Sorry. I do love like our two-year-old daughter now that I pump all the time. Yeah, she always goes, mommy, pump. Grabs <laughs> <laughs> her chest. You're like, yes, yes, dear. That's they what pick I'm up doing. everything. They pick up everything. I love yes, yes. <laughs> well, Christy, this was amazing. Incredible. Thank you. And thank you for taking time. I know when your baby's in the NICU, it feels almost impossible to leave. And so thank you for leaving the hospital, even for just a few hours. I know that time is so cherished. And so it was so valuable to just hear your story again. And I was just reminded once again of how miraculous you are and Ava is and your family is. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and for the next episode, it's going to be really awesome because we're going to have Christy back. Oh Yay! boy, you're tired of me. <laughs> but we're also going to have her friend Taylor with, and that episode is really going to focus on um, how you have felt supported in the NICU, how maybe you haven't, what you wish people would have not said or mm-hmm. did say, and really just be a teaching moment since you are in the NICU. And so um, I just, I felt like I learned a lot today and was just, yeah. it was incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it's an, it's amazing. I agree. Every story we hear is so different, mm-hmm. and yours is very special. There's mm-hmm. definitely a, a 
a beautiful through line somewhere. Something is watching over your family. You're very, very special people. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, yeah. you guys are so sweet, and I can't thank you enough for allowing us to share Ava's story, our journey, and all you guys are doing for all of us NICU mamas. It's so important that we support each other. Yes. We yeah. be there for each other. It's hard. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Mm-hmm. And yep. It has good and bad, but we really do need to have those that we can relate to. And Absolutely. so you guys are doing amazing work. So thank you on behalf of all of us NICU mamas. <laughs> so nice. Thank you. Thank you. It is. It's the best. Okay. Well, thank you. Silas, do you have anything to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Add it in. Here. That's a good manner, huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's interested. He doesn't quite know what that is. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for, um, as always, just taking time out of your day to tune in with us and to hear stories of miraculous moms. Um, We hope this episode encouraged you, and we can't wait for part two. Oh, and our event is this weekend, and we're super pumped about it. Yes. Be there. Be square, friends. (laughs) Pumpkin bars. Yeah. (laughs) If you love this podcast and would like to hear more amazing stories, please consider becoming a member of the Dear NICU Mama Patreon page. In addition to special merchandise and early access to content, Patreon members support the mission, programs, and services of Dear NICU Mama. You can find the link on the description of this episode. As always, if you'd like to hear more from Dear NICU Mama, click subscribe. Welcome to the sisterhood.